Section four of Aids to Forensic Medicine and Toxicology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Ferguson. Aids to Forensic Medicine and Toxicology by W. G. Aitkinson Robertson. Section four. Chapter fifteen detection of blood stains etc stains may require detection on clothing on cutting instruments on floors and furniture etc the following are the distinctive characters of blood stains a ocular inspection blood stains on dark colored materials which in daylight might be easily overlooked may be readily detected by the use of artificial light as that of a candle brought near the cloth Blood spots, when recent, are of a bright red colour if arterial, of a purple hue if venous, the latter becoming brighter on exposure to the air. After a few hours, blood stains assume a reddish-brown or chocolate tint, which they maintain for years. This change is due to the conversion of hemoglobin into methemoglobin, and finally into hematin. The change of colour in warm weather usually occurs in less than twenty-four hours. The colour is determined not entirely by the age of the stain, but is influenced by the presence or absence of impurities in the air, such as the vapours of sulphurous, sulphuric, and hydrochloric acids. If recent, a jelly-like material may be seen by the aid of a magnifying glass lying between the fibres. If old, a cinnabar red streak is seen on drawing a needle across the stain. B. Microscopic Demonstration with the aid of the microscope, blood may be detected by the presence of the characteristic blood corpuscles. The human blood corpuscle is a non-nucleated biconclave disc having a diameter of about one three thousand five hundredth of an inch. All mammalian red corpuscles have the same shape except those of the camel which are oval. The corpuscles of birds, fishes, reptiles and amphibians are oval and nucleated. The corpuscles of most mammals are smaller than those of man, but the size of a corpuscle is affected by various circumstances, such as drying or moisture, so that the medical witness is rarely justified in going farther than stating whether the stain is that of the blood of a mammal or not. Unfortunately, the corpuscles are usually so dried that little information regarding their size can be given. C. Action of Water Water has a solvent action on blood, fresh stains rapidly dissolving when the material on which they occur is placed in cold distilled water, forming a bright red solution. The hematin of old stains dissolves very slowly, so employ a weak solution of ammonia, and this will give a solution of alkaline hematin. Rust is not soluble in water. D. Action of heat. Blood stains on knives may be removed by heating the metal, when the blood will peel off, at once distinguishing it from rust. Should the blood stain on the metal be long exposed to the air, rust may be mixed with the blood, when the test will fail. The solution obtained in water is coagulated by heat, the colour entirely destroyed, and a flocculent muddy brown precipitate formed. E. Action of Caustic Potash The solution of blood obtained in water is boiled. 
when a coagulum is formed soluble in hot caustic potash the solution formed being greenish by transmitted and red by reflected light f action of nitric acid nitric acid added to a watery solution produces a whitish-gray precipitate g action of guaiacum tincture of guaiacum produces in the watery solution a reddish-white precipitate of the resin but on addition of an aqueous solution of peroxide of hydrogen or of an ethereal solution of the same substance known as ozonic ether a blue or bluish green colour is developed this test is delicate and succeeds best in dilute solutions it is not absolutely indicative of the presence of blood for the tincture of guaiacum is coloured blue by milk saliva and pus h hymen crystals Teichmann's crystals these are produced by heating a drop of blood or a watery solution of it with a minute crystal of sodium chloride on a glass slide and evaporating to dryness a cover glass is placed over this and a drop of glacial acetic acid allowed to run in it is again heated until bubbles appear crystal of hemen may now be detected by the microscope they are dark brown or yellow rhombic prisms an improvement on this test is the use of formic acid alone on slowly evaporating it numerous very small dark crystals are visible if haemoglobin has been present whitney's test i spectroscopic appearances if a solution of a recent stain be examined by the spectroscope we get two absorption bands situated between the lines d and e the one nearer e being doubly as broad as the other these bands indicate oxyhemoglobin if we now add a little ammonia sulphide to this solution we get the spectrum of reduced hemoglobin which is a single broad absorption band situated at the interval between the preceding oxyhemoglobin bands by shaking the solution oxyhemoglobin is again reproduced and gives it special absorption bands if ammonia be added to the original solution alkaline hematin is produced or if acetic acid be chosen acid hematin is produced and each gives its appropriate absorption bands methemoglobin is formed in stains which have been exposed to the air for a few days and hematin is found in old stains hemochromogen is given a very characteristic spectrum and is obtained by reducing alkaline hematin by ammonia sulphide carbon monoxide hemoglobin gives a spectrum which resembles that of oxyhemoglobin but it is not reduced by ammonia sulphide j precipitin test this allows us to tell whether the blood is from a human being or not a specific serum must be obtained from a rabbit which is sensitized as follows 10 cc of human blood is injected into its peritoneal cavity at intervals until from three to five injections have been given the serum of this animal's blood will then give a white precipitate only when brought into contact with dilute solutions of human blood but with blood of no other animal this is known also as the biological or uhlenhuth's test rust stains these are yellowish red in color and do not stiffen the cloth the iron may be dissolved by placing the stain in a dilute solution of hydrochloric acid when on adding ferrocyanide of potassium prussian blue is produced 
Fruit stains are seldom so dark as blood stains. Solutions of these do not change colour or coagulate on boiling. Ammonia changes the colour to blue or green. Acid brightens the original colour, while chlorine bleaches it. Hairs Human hairs must be identified and distinguished from those of the lower mammals. If the hair has been pulled out from the root, the microscope will show that the bulbous root has a concave surface which fitted over the hair papilla, or that the root is encased in a fatty sheath. Fibres of Clothing Microscopically, wool fibres are coarse, curly, and striated transversely. Cotton fibres appear as flattened bands twisted into spirals. Linen fibres are round, jointed at frequent intervals, with small root-like filaments. Silk fibres are solid, continuous, and highly glistening. CHAPTER Sixteen, DEATH BY SUFFOCATION SIGNS AND SYMPTOMS There are usually three stages. 1. Exaggerated respiratory activity, air hunger, anxiety, congested appearance of face, ringing in ears. 2. Loss of consciousness, convulsions, relaxation of sphincters. 3. Respirations feeble and gasping, and soon cease. Convulsions of stretching character. Heart continues to beat for three to four minutes after breathing ceases. Post-mortem appearances. External. Cadaveric lividity well marked. Nose, lips, ears, fingertips almost black in colour. Appearance may be placid, or, if asphyxia has been sudden, the tongue may be protruded and eyeballs prominent, with much bloody mucus escaping from mouth and nose. Internal The blood is dark and remains fluid. Great engorgement of the venous system, right side of heart, great veins of thorax and abdomen, liver, spleen, etc. Lungs dark purple in colour. Much bloody froth escapes on squeezing them. Mucus lining of trachea and bronchi congested and bright red in colour. Air cells distended or ruptured. Many small hemorrhages on surface of lungs and other organs, as well as in their substance, tardius spots, due to rupture of venous capillaries from increased vascular pressure. Chapter 17. Death by Hanging In hanging, death occurs by asphyxia, as in drowning. Sensibility is soon lost and death takes place in four or five minutes. The eyes, in some cases, are brilliant and staring, tongue swollen and livid. Blood or bloody froth is found about the mouth and nostrils, and the hands are clenched. In other cases, the countenance is placid, with an almost entire absence of the signs just given. The mark on the neck, which may be more or less interrupted by the beard, shows the course of the cord, which in hanging is obliquely round the neck, following the line of the jaw but straight round in strangulation. In judicial hanging, death is not due to asphyxiation, but owing to the long drop, the cervical vertebrae are dislocated, and the spinal cord injured so high up that almost instant death takes place. On dissection, the muscles and ligaments of the windpipe may be found stretched, bruised, or torn, and the inner coats of the carotid arteries are sometimes found divided. In ordinary suicidal hanging, there may be entire absence of injury to the soft parts about the neck, 
the length of the drop modifying these appearances. The mark of the cord is not a sign of hanging, is a purely cadaveric phenomenon, and may be produced some hours after death. Chapter 18. Death by Strangulation This differs from hanging in that the body is not suspended. It may be affected by a ligature round the neck, or by direct pressure on the windpipe with the hand, in which case death is said to be caused by throttling. Strangulation is frequently suicidal, but may be accidental. When homicidal, much injury is done to the neck, owing to the force with which the ligature is drawn. In throttling, the marks of the fingernails are found on the neck. Chapter 19. Death by Drowning Death by drowning occurs when breathing is arrested by watery or semi-fluid substances, blood, urine, etc. The fluid acts mechanically by entering the air cells of the lung and preventing the due oxidation of the blood. The post-mortem appearances include those usually present in death by asphyxia, together with the following peculiar to death by drowning. Excoration of the fingers, with sand or mud under the nails, fragments of plants grasped in the hand, water in the stomach, this is a vital act and shows that the person fell into the water alive, fine froth at the mouth and nostrils, cutis anserina, retraction of penis and scrotum. On post-mortem examination, the lungs are found to be increased in size, ballooned, on section, froth, water, mud, sand, in air-tubes. The presence of this fine, often blood-stained, froth is the most characteristic sign of drowning. Froth like that of soap-suds in the trachea is an indication of a vital act, and must not be mistaken for the tenacious mucus of bronchitis. The presence of vomited matter in the trachea and bronchi is a valuable sign of drowning. The blood collects in the venous system and is dark and fluid. Tardieu's spots are not so frequently met within cases of drowning as in other forms of asphyxia. The other signs of death by asphyxia are present. Wounds may be present on the body due to the falling on stakes, injuries from passing vessels, etc. The methods of performing artificial respiration in the case of apparently drowned are the following. The best and most easily performed is Schaeffer's prone pressure method. 1. Schaeffer's. Place the patient on his face, with a folded coat under the lower part of the chest. Unfasten the collar and neckband. Go to work at once. Kneel over him athwart, or on one side facing his head. Place your hands flat over the lower part of his back, and make pressure on his ribs on both sides and throw the weight of your body onto them so as to squeeze out the air from his chest. Get back into position at once, but leave your hands as they were. Do this every five seconds, and get someone to time you with a watch. Keep this going for half an hour, and when you are tired get someone to relieve you. Other people may apply hot flannels to the limbs and hot water to the feet. Hypodermic injections of one fiftieth grain of atropine, suprarenal, or pituitary extracts may be found useful. 2. Sylvester's. In this method, the capacity of the chest is increased by raising the arms above the head, holding them by the elbows, and thus dragging upon and elevating the ribs. The chest being emptied by lowering the arms against the sides of the chest and exerting lateral pressure on the thorax. 
the patient is in the supine position but first the water must have been drained from the mouth and nose by keeping the body in the prone position the tongue must be kept forward by transfixing with a pin three martial halls this consists in placing the patient in the prone position with a folded coat under the chest and rolling the body alternately into the lateral and prone positions four howards this consists in emptying the thorax by forcibly compressing the lower part of the chest on relaxing the pressure the chest again fills with air here the patient is placed in the supine position the objections to the supine position are that the tongue falls back and not only blocks the entrance of air but prevents the escape of water mucus and froth from the air passages five laborde's method this consists in holding the tongue by means of a handkerchief and rhythmically drawing it out fully at the rate of fifteen times per minute this excites the respiratory centre and this method may be employed along with any of the other methods end of section four recording by linda ferguson